Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. I'm Chris Mitchell, reporting for Five Yard Rush News, and this is Breaking News. Attorney Frank D'Amico says he has filed a civil suit in New Orleans on behalf of the Saints season ticket holders to make the right call and bring both teams back to replay the end of the game. Bah, bah, bah. Not going to happen, son. Oh, Rush Nation, we are back. It's Tuesday. Me and Murph, big man, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. I'm um, I'm reeling after the, the games on Sunday. I felt it, it left a real pit in my stomach how, how they both ended for me, and we'll get into that. But I now no longer feel as bad for <laughs> no. New Orleans after that statement. I mean, that is, when it comes to salty, that is salty. That is the kind of salt you need to avoid the snow. Yeah, yeah. That's like tipping the end of a salt and vinegar Pringles tube up with your tongue out and just accepting whatever falls out. Let's just get the grit out. Yeah. Let's grit all the roads and just pave the whole way. I just, I can't believe... Like, that wouldn't happen here. I Listen, I, I've, I've been going to sporting events almost my entire life. I have seen some of the most disgusting things you could see. And, and being honest, watching that game, I'd have put that in the top five, given the occasion and everything. Like, I know I wasn't at the game. But to have witnessed that, I would say that's in the top five worst things I've, I've ever seen from an officiating crew or a way a game was decided. I mean, it was sick. I felt sick afterwards, and, and I don't have any real love for the, the Saints. And I understand why they're so annoyed, and I would never take that away from them. But in England, we've I mean, I've, I've watched us lose 
cup finals to dubious decisions and penalties and, and not being given something and, and and it happens and it is it is sickening and you feel sick and you feel aggrieved and you feel aggrieved for years and you never I guess you never get over it. But I've never thought, right, that's it, we've got to replay this. This is no way you know You, you got... can't possibly replicate what happened either. No. And listen, you've got players like Michael Thomas urging Roger Goodell to use this special clause that he has in the NFL guidelines and rule book that says that they can he can either award the game to New England or to New Orleans or alternatively um, get them to replay the game from that point. Like you can't do that. Like if you've done it at the time they're all in the stadium fine, but the result is the result. You might not appreciate it. I'm not even saying Saints fans need to accept the result. Because I, I don't think you can. You can't be suing. Like that's just it's ludicrous, and I, it's going to make a farce out of something that is already a farce. Yeah. Even I saw, saw how inadequate the decision was from the sofa. I don't know the rules inside out. I know them pretty well, but sometimes you don't see them, and then when they play them in slow motion, you see them and think, yeah, good call, ref. There's two of them stood right there, and matey boy is just absolutely annihilated the wide receiver. I take in, was it? Uh, yeah, so you, we should probably go back and, and state that the Rams have progressed to the Super Bowl, beating the Saints in overtime 26-23. to 23. If you've been living under a rock and somehow missed this, or uh, you're like my 12-year-old nephew, Jack, who's just started tuning in and listening. Shout out, Shout Jack. Shout out, Jack. Um, appreciated the text you sent Sunday. Uh, meant the world. I, I was babysitting him at the weekend, and we are watching a little bit of the NFL show, showing some questions, and um, hopefully through this pod and catching up with him. Hang on, wait, well, hold on, hold on. Does Jack have Twitter? He does not have Twitter, he's 12. No, I just, you know, 12 year olds no. this year. Like, I was going to say, if he did, then we could shout him out and get him some followers, but he doesn't because he's a proper kid. Uh, yeah, he's 12. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. And I'm not encouraging him to get Twitter. Um, but, um, yeah, the Rams basically get this comeback, win it in overtime, but it's a, it's a, a missed PI, helmet to helmet, defenseless receiver call with a minute, just over a minute left in regulation to stop the Saints from, from winning the game. They'd have had taken some knees, hit a chip shot, field goal. Will Lutz would have made it. And it's it for me has ruined it's ruined what was a very good game. Yeah. And I don't begrudge the Rams for wanting you know for celebrating. I, I don't think they should necessarily be sporting and offer to replay the game. I'm not saying that, but for me, it's always and it's not. And do you know what? If I was a Rams fan, I wouldn't care. But I think as a neutral, I think this game was massively spoiled and. If someone asked me 10 years ago or 10 years from now to talk about the NFC Championship game, this is the only thing I remember. I don't even think I remember Zerline's amazing 57-yard field goal to win the game. Um, I just think it's it's a real shame that something this big, when you've got, if you don't have the technology and it's not being used, like in Premier League football, you accept it. You, 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 you're upset, yeah. but the referee can only make a call based on what is there. They had the time, if they wanted to, to really talk about it, to see what everybody saw. They could have even delayed it, seen the play on the Jumbotron, and then made the decision. But they chose not to use the tools around them. And I think that is... That's the worst bit about it. I, that, for me, is why I, I think this is arguably one of the worst things. I mean, and listen, you can talk about um, things that were catches that weren't given as catches and, and you know other grievances that have happened over time. But those were rule interpretations that were broken that have subsequently been attempted to be fixed. 
this was an, a call that was not called when it was so blatant. And I think that, for me, is why this is worse. Um, you know, people will talk about, you know, the catch that was not a catch and, uh, you know, these other instance, instances. But that is, that at the time, the rules were there for interpretation. And people could make a wrong interpretation. There's, there's no interpretation there. I've got a good analogy for this if you haven't seen it. Go on then. So, Rush Nation, you reached out and said how good the studio was. So, with that being said, you know there's a Corey Davis and a Le'Veon Bell shirt on the wall. It's essentially like me running at the shirt from my seating position and not getting a hand on it and Murph suddenly putting me through the wall. That's pretty much what it was. You know, he's hit a defensive receiver. I haven't got my hand on the shirt and and Murph has thudded me through the stud walling. That's essentially what happened. I I just think it's it's disgusting and I I feel less sorry for them now seeing that they're going to sue. It's it's turned into a media storm that never needed to happen here it was horrible and it was sickening and it was the wrong thing but you don't need to now start dragging stuff up but the one thing this will do is is it will have a discussion on whether the rules uh, have to be changed so yes they do at the moment that call was not challengeable for two reasons one uh, a non-play basically something not called by the officials in that instance like a, a pass interference or a helmet to helmet can't be challenged by um coaches anyway even with a challenge flag but second of all it can't be reviewed because it's in the last two minutes of the game and is that when the officials are supposed to review everything themselves they don't necessarily have to review everything they can have an option to review um anything they believe (laughs) they want to check but i'm not sure in that instance whether or not they they physically can or or whatever i mean if they've thrown the flag then it might give them an option to to think about it um but at the end of the day for me, I don't know how you feel about this. I guess I'll ask the question. What do you feel about pass interference and, and holding calls? Should they be challengeable with challenge flags or reviewed? So I'm going to start this by throwing out that you, sir, have written an absolute banger for all 32 on this. And he's done it under his own name because he didn't want to drag me down in his in his views of penalty calls and stuff like that i just felt uh, you know we hadn't had the discussion i deliberately wanted to save this for the pod and as i was prepping for the pod it turns out i had enough content really for for an article so um i stuck it out there and i'll post it on the to twitter page afterwards uh, for people to read and um, <laughs> you know people can shameless plug there for myself but no, no, yeah i just on. i didn't want to tar you with my opinions when we've not discussed them if we discussed them and come to the same conclusion then i, I obviously would have done but I think I think we park our cars in the same garage, not to rip Dave Damashik off there at all, but I have. Slight differences here and there. So I, I've read your article and it is good. Do you want to go through what you said and then I'll agree or disagree with points and that way we've got a basis to come from? Yeah, we can do that. So I talked about um, in the article, um, I, I basically pretended that I'd hijacked the commissioner's office um, for as long as to write the article and came up with three changes I want to make and that all these three points are we're going to discuss um, so the first was effectively keeping the overtime the same in the sense of 10 minutes in uh, the regular season uh, and 15 minutes in the postseason but sorry that's uh, the wrong one uh, we're getting to that one apologies well, you can start the there if you want You've started. no 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 we'll, we'll get to that in the time it matters with overtime <laughs> um, all plays in the game will be reviewable by coaches challenge flags including challenging calls or non-calls on the field by officiating crews. This will include holding and pass interference. If a coach wishes to challenge one of these calls, there must be indisputable evidence that the call is incorrect. 
Uh, also, coaches, coaches' challenges will be allowed in the last two minutes of each half. However, if the challenge flag is used in, to deliberately disrupt the game, retrospective action uh, will be taken and punishments dealt with accordingly. That's that's kind of what I wrote as to what's in the article word for word. I just think that um, you've got to allow people the option in that instance when it's that blatant. I mean, we're talking about the, every person in the world, even the officiating crews have stuck their hand up and said they got it wrong. Why not? If you've got the technology there, ask the question. And well, yeah, it's it's there to be used and wasn't used because it's not in the rules currently. So why not change it to be used? Because most of the time you don't get. I don't know how many times challenges are called in a game on average, but it's not that often. There isn't a great deal. Well, no, because you only get two unless you get it right, and you don't. You know, you get two challenges so, a game, so it's not. It's not. It's not a huge amount, and maybe even extend it to three. I don't. I don't even have a problem with that. I just think that people aren't actively using challenges to challenge anything random. Pass interference calls are... If the pass interference penalty is the single biggest penalty that you can give up. Because effectively, you could give up 50 yards, 60 yards, 70 yards in penalty points. If you have someone... that If you're on your own 25-yard line, you throw the ball... It's going 15 it's, yards. Well... <laughs> okay. No, but let's just say... But I yeah, but let, let's say, for example, you could throw it like an elite quarterback. I can't. It's, gone, it's going all the way down the field, and... Uh, me as a receiver, which wouldn't happen because I wouldn't run this far, uh, <laughs> was in in en route to catch this on the opponent's 10-yard line to be first and goal, give or take. And my arm gets pulled back, I get muscled to the ground, um, I'm being held, I don't have a fair opportunity to catch the ball. That's a pass interference call, the ball is spotted at the point of the foul. So if it's on the 10-yard line, the opposing 10-yard line... And we've come from the 25. And we've come from the 25... Then that is, doing quick maths here, um, 65 yards. That's a 65-yard penalty. Now, if that happens and it's there's no holding, for example, let's just say there's a touch, but it's not a hold, yeah. which is allowed. If that call has been given, that's a 65-yard play your, your team have given up, you can't review that. So even though that might not be pass interference, the referees have seen it, they call it as pass interference, you cannot challenge whether or not that is pass interference. That is ridiculous. So if that call is incorrect, you have turned <coughs> an opportunity where teams got to go all the way across the field to actually the point where they're first and goal on something that shouldn't have been called. Yeah. That can't stand. Like you, you, It doesn't happen often. I'm not sitting here bashing referees and saying that. No, but when it does happen, and it happens as badly as it did on Sunday, it affects the Super Bowl outcome. And and that's that's the other point of this. If this is a regular season game, this is being talked about as news, but this isn't as big an issue as this is denied an opportunity for a team to go to the Super Bowl. In fact, so much so that their owner released a statement. I'm not going to read all of it because it goes on. Um, But basically, uh, Gail Benson... Uh, wrote, I'm thoroughly disappointed by the events that led to the outcome of yesterday's game. Getting to the Super Bowl is incredibly difficult to do. It takes such an unbelievable commitment from a team and support from its fans. No team should ever be denied the opportunity to reach the title game or simply win a game based on the actions or inactions of those charged with creating a fair and equitable playing field. It is clear to all who watch the game, it is undeniable that our team fans were unfairly deprived of that opportunity yesterday. Which they were. And nobody can argue that. Now there was already controversy between uh, the officials. And did you not? Did you know that the Rams actively tried to get the referee changed before the game? Was it have, aren't they all to do with something or other? 
to do with LA or no, no, no. So that was a fake rumor that went around that one oh, of them, okay. one of them used to play for the LA Rams. No, the LA, the LA Rams wanted to change um, the actual referee for the game because um, they'd had they'd never won a game when he had officiated. So uh, his name is Bill Vinovich, and I believe they were zero and eight. Well, and what a time to win one. <laughs> so, yeah, they, but they talked about, as well, they started a petition, they got a number of thousands of signatures because they believed that they weren't getting favourable calls and they felt that it was a slight bias. So the Rams tried to change the ref and then now this has happened, which has given them the greatest of all. I mean, I, I'd trade all of those to, to get to the Super Bowl. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I've seen a post somewhere rather with four pictures of fouls that weren't called by the Saints. There was a couple of serious face masks. There was a play clock pause that did that did or didn't happen it's very difficult to tell from a still that someone has cropped into four pictures and put on facebook there was somebody standing on somebody's head but were they who actually saw that that's a still photo from a video and it could have been out of ratio and perspective and actually nowhere near their head yeah so and i think i think my point is is that this game is 26 23 you got a 57 yard bomb to win the game in overtime you had one of the greatest quarterbacks in all time in Drew Brees playing the game. You had a rookie coming up in, in Jared Goff, who, you know, in, in hindsight probably had a, a decent game. I don't think he had a very good first half, but, you know, you had a, a punter make a 12-yard pass to extend the play when it was that 13 nothing Saints. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the game from this one point. And that, for me as a fan, is, is disappointing. And this, this Super Bowl will always have a tinge of sadness for me because of that point. Yeah. It will always be, what if? And I, listen, I'm not a Saints believer. I felt they were the best team to win it. I, I tipped the Saints to go all the way. Uh, am I ultimately sad that they didn't get there? No. But I feel that when arguably the best team in football are denied an opportunity, I think it, it's, it's wrong. You can't change the outcome. I don't want to see it changed. But I do want to see that something doesn't happen again. The NFL got great history of changing things that don't, that have negatively impacted the game. And I really hope they listen to fans, to professionals, um, get Sean Payton in the room, get the coaches in the room and talk about this because I don't ever want to see a game decided like this again. Because for me, I, if the Rams win this, I will always put an asterisk next to them. Rightly or wrongly. Because I just don't, believe that they should be there yeah and it's a massive mark against um sean mcveigh who's brilliant and, and what they've done but you know you can't change it but no i i completely agree with the challenge flag rule that you think should happen and so forth i think a good thing would be that the coach has to throw it before the next play has started well, and that would also you know most of these things are called challenges wise would be done in the red zone and that would speed up play in the red zone as well so that's only benefiting the fan so I think you'd have to throw your red flag in before the next play had started which would speed up red zone action but yeah I think we I think we both have similar point of view on that one yeah well that's good because I think I think it should happen I think you should be allowed to challenge in the last two minutes as well um, it shouldn't be up yep. to the officials just to decide if you want to challenge you should challenge um, again I think if you waste the challenge just to deliberately put another team off I think there should be retrospective acting. I don't know what it is, but... Some yardage loss, that would be fine. Well, whatever. Whatever. It depends on the situation, but yeah. Should we move on to the next game? This was a slightly better game, slightly less uh, contentious, so... Yeah. Uh, Patriots obviously advanced to the Super Bowl 37-31 to overtime win. Um, Tom Brady delivered when it mattered. 
Um, Holmes and Co. staged a great comeback in this, 24 points in the fourth quarter, uh, including the field goal, really late on to take it to OT. But the Patriots got the ball, and that was the end of it in OT. <laughs> they were clinical. Did, have you seen the Tony Romo calls of the final play? He's just called every play before it's happened. Yeah. How long till that guy becomes a coach, do you think? Do you think he will? Do you think he's got what it takes to be yeah, a coach? For me, he, when you've got somebody that knows that much about the game, I think, first of all, it's down to Tony Romo. Does he actually want to do this? I think that's the, that's the first point. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. So, But if he does and he seriously wants to get into it, <coughs> there are some coaches that are brilliant in bringing in. Bruce Arians is a great example. Bruce Arians has invited ex-players of his or ex-players of the Buccaneers, to come and be like special assistant coaches to just get experience. They're not paid loads of money, but they've got an opportunity to come on and, and learn with his staff. Uh, Anton Wand- uh, Randall is one player he had from Pittsburgh as a wide receiver, brilliant player, kind of a gadget player in his day. Uh, he's come to the Buccaneers staff. And I think if, if Tony Romo wants to do that, he should be given the opportunity for sure. And he should have that ability to... And if you if you don't want to hire him, then you're an idiot. Um, that's all I can say. Because this guy knows football. Um, but I also think it's a huge loss to broadcasting. Maybe he thinks, that's where I'm going to forge my career for the next 30 years. Maybe I don't want to be... It's a lot less stressful, I imagine, as well. Well, it's interesting because Bruce Arians talks about it and he says he got he did it for a year and he got the itch. He's just like, I, I can't be on the... I, I have to be on the sidelines. I think there's some players, when they finish their career, that are happy it's over. And maybe he's not happy with the way it ended, but he's like, do you know what? I'm quite glad I don't have that day-to-day rigmarole that I used to have. I've still got a routine. I'm still doing broadcasting. I think you get other players that just cannot get into broadcasting because it's too close to the game, and they almost need to, because they know they're not going to play again, have to completely remove themselves. And then you get some that immediately go and be coaches. I think it's... If he ever wants to be a coach, I think every single team takes his phone call and yeah. maybe offers him a phone call and tries to talk him into it. But he could be a coach. I mean, the thing is, you don't. There's other parts than just being able to call plays and, and see the visibles. It's what can, um, what can he do to inspire players? Can he create his own plays? Can he? What relationships does he have? What kind? Of, I mean, we've seen he's a bit of a people person, but. It's more than just identifying schemes. Yeah, I think either way, whichever way he chooses to continue his career, we're graced by it. Whether he be in the booth and call unbelievable play calls like he did in the Pats game, or whether he take to to coaching and and be an unbelievable coach, either way, we're going to get the benefit of that. So as long as Tony Romo is in the game, better for us. Yeah, completely agree. Um, The key play, there were two key things to this game. The first was D Ford. Talk about hero to zero. So he was called for a neutral zone infraction. Uh, He basically had his hand in the neutral zone, so it was offside. He he wasn't set right uh, with 101 left to play in the fourth quarter. It was a third and ten play. Um, Brady was looking for Gronk. Gronk tipped the ball, and it was picked off by rookie cornerback uh, Charvis Ward. And they're off thinking, this is done, brilliant, I can take some knees. Was the game drawing at that point? No, 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 they were winning. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs were winning the game. So... Um, this is it. That, if that's turnover ball, the, the game is officially over. Mahomes comes out, takes a knee. Jobs are good. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. D Ford's explanation of this is, well, at the end of the day, I'm exp- I have to see the ball, and I couldn't see the ball. When you, I've, I've never played the offensive line. So this is going to sound a bit stupid, or defensive line. Sorry, I've never played in the D line. But I assume you are taught from the age of 
five, six, seven. Whenever you start playing the game. This is the line. This is where you have to line up. You do not go ahead of this line until the whistle is blown. And that includes your hand position, where you stand, your stance. And this, when you're 10 years old, 12 years old, 14 years old, you might make the odd mistake. As a professional in the NFL who has played more snaps than I can remember of absolutely anything in the world, you surely, just muscle memory, should just put your hand down. Like, how can you be offside? Like, that it just is... There's things you do, my mistake, you know, you grab someone in the wrong position, you, um, you know, you forget your route, but just the basics of lining up on the line. like so, Something you do hundreds of times a day in practice. It's just nuts. Like, you can't, there's no pressure to get that wrong. It's it's not like, I, I don't know how you get it wrong. Like, that's, that's, I don't even understand that. There's a line of people. He's on the end. He's just got to look and go, <laughs> I'm right. Ahead. Before it, before this snaps, I just need to get my position right. I'm clearly not in the right place. I look down the line. Yeah, I've checked that. I don't get it. I, I, I'm sorry. And, and to be honest, I don't know how welcome he's going to be in Kansas City after this. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's mistakes, but that that that's a whopper. Especially when you're up. I mean, there's nothing to say that had he have been in line, the ball Gronk would have tipped the ball, and it, Shaverius Ward would have picked it. But oh no, listen. His infraction has nothing to do with what happens. If he's in line, that play occurs as is. We're talking about he's, well, three, four inches in front. Um, he, you know, that play occurs. He doesn't impact the play. It's just, it's a stupid mistake. And he's, you know, he's cost his team a, a chance at the Super Bowl. And as a teammate, you'd forgive him. Of course you would. But that's a hard thing for, for fans to swallow. But, um, yeah. I mean, with both games, they go to overtime. Yeah, it went to overtime. Um, the uh, The controversy of this is the Patriots win the toss. Brady was exceptional. If you if you ever want to play the game, and I'm not necessarily talking about having to specifically be a quarterback, but go and look at Tom Brady as he handles that drive. I it's exceptional. The ball placement, the, the focus, the concentration. If anyone was ever in doubt that that Tom Brady wasn't the best quarterback of all time. I just challenge you to look, forget the numbers, forget the statistics, look at that drive. There is absolutely no one else in the world, maybe that's ever played the game, that could have done what he did so brilliantly, but it looked so effortless. And people say, oh, well, he had a a poor season and he's old and he's past it. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Yes, his, his, his regular season stats don't look great as a fantasy quarterback he's no longer as relevant as he was but you if if I could have any of the 32 quarterbacks in the league to play in the Super Bowl Tom Brady is my one and only pick I don't need another I don't need to think about it you only have to look like you say at that drive his season the season doesn't matter to the Patriots they do what they need to do to get the bye week and it is then in the playoffs that Belichick is brilliant. Brady is at his clinical best. And like we saw against the Chargers, I think he took one hit. And then against the Chiefs, they got up early. And then when it needed to, Brady took his offense out onto the field and carved up the Chiefs. Like you say, like it was a second string team. Everything was inch perfect. Timing was perfect. People were where they needed to be. And it was a hot knife through butter. Regardless of how good the Chiefs defense is, it didn't matter. Gronk was there when he needed him. Edelman was Mr. Playoffs. Sony Michelle has proved in the last couple of weeks that next year he could be one of the best running backs just because of the way they use him. And he looks efficient. 
especially in the red zone. And the the the, the game winning touchdown is it's too easy, and that's because the Patriots made it too easy, not because the, the Chiefs gave up. So here's a here's a thought, right? We'll, we'll get onto the overtime bit in a, in a second. One of my friends who I went to high school with um, on Facebook, Adam, he um, he wrote that in ten years' time, he is sure that Patrick Mahomes will be much better than Tom Brady. I'm not talking about them in ten years' time when Tom Brady is <coughs> one, but I'm talking about in ten years' time when it's looked upon the history of time of what we've seen from Mahomes this season. Mahomes is going to be a better quarterback than Tom Brady. What are your thoughts on that statement? That's strong, hot, wild accusations. Are, you know, what we've seen from Mahomes this season is nothing short of wonderful, miraculous. What the boy can do with a football, nobody else has done or can do. But that isn't necessarily to say just because he goes out at the end of practice every time and throws behind his back. Did you know that? Just just because he might need to do it one day does not mean that he's going to be in the same position that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have built the Patriots to. It just doesn't matter. If you don't surround him with the talent that he needs... All right, yeah, the talent there at the moment is pretty good. Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches, not to win the amount of Super Bowls that Belichick's won. But the, this Saturday, Sunday sorry, proved it that as good as Andy Reid is, Belichick... I just don't think there'll ever be a mind in the coaching seat as good as his. And a quarterback, Tom Brady is the best that has ever played. I don't care what you say, Aaron Rodgers can make better throws. Patrick Mahomes has a better arm, can throw the ball behind his back, can sidearm it, throw it like he's on a computer game. Doesn't matter. Does not matter if in the, you know if Mahomes decides, can he go to the Pro Bowl now? Mahomes, was he selected? He must have been selected. Yeah, I don't think he's going. But just to say he goes to the Pro Bowl, tears up the quarterback competition, smashes every target, does it on the run behind his back catches a ball off of the post that he's thrown himself whatever he goes to do he won't be Tom Brady I mean I just don't see it happening as good as he is I don't see it happening and he could be the second best quarterback that's ever played the game but I just don't see ever anyone getting to be where Tom Brady is I think I think for me what people don't understand and I don't I've never played the game I reckon that ability makes up 75% of what is put on the field I think the other 25% is mindset, attitude, um, an understanding of the game, theoretically, but also just that mental toughness, that ability that no matter what situation you're in, you will deliver at the time it matters. And Tom Brady has always delivered when it's mattered. And people will talk about, oh, he's lost three Super Bowls. Take last year. Yeah, he didn't win the Super Bowl. The guy threw throw for 500 yards and three touchdowns. Like, <laughs> it wasn't his fault they didn't win the game. You can't look at Tom Brady's performance and say, oh, Tom Brady's the reason why we didn't win Super Bowl 52. Rubbish. Tom Brady, he's thrown for 900-odd yards in his last two Super Bowl appearances. And people are talking about this guy's over the hill. Rubbish. This guy could play till 50. If he really wanted to and he kept ready, maybe the body might shut down. Maybe that's a stretch. But if I'm Tom Brady now, why would you retire? You've just got to your third Super Bowl in a row. You've thrown for 900-odd yards and five touchdowns in the last... In fact, maybe more than five touchdowns in the last two. You're in it again. You might win it again. I'd probably be making favourites. You can't not back them. But why would you retire? Why would you retire? If you're significantly better than everybody else in the league 
and you'll get into the Super Bowls when no one else is. And I get it's not just him. There's 52 other guys, there's coaching staff, there's schemes and everything. I, I'm not saying it's all him. But why would you retire? Why? It is, he, he could win the Super Bowl next year and the year after and the year after. There is nothing that is going to stop Tom Brady other than scheming, coaching and just an all-round outstanding performance. You have to be 100% of your best to even have a sniff. Yep. To even have a sniff. I just, for me, I... Losing Gronk's going to be a big thing, but imagine if they go and get Noah Fant in the draft. Possible, or... Yeah. I mean, I know they need other positions, but when you consider Brady uses his yeah. tight end, and people are saying Noah Fant is the best tight end to come out of college since Gronk, it would not surprise me. No, and look, I think I think they're, they're a dynasty, and we're in the middle of writing a piece at the moment that is going to try and understand this dynasty a little bit more. It's not just based on them, it's on roster construction, cap space, etc. Um, it's nearly done, we're just doing some edits and things. Um, I think what's important is, when you understand why the Patriots continue to defy the odds and be this dynasty and get to Super Bowls, you then start to have a weird admiration for it. And I, I'm completely in that boat. I'm not saying I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not saying I'm a Patriots lover. Um, I'm not even saying I necessarily personally want them. Well, I guess maybe the situation that's happened with how the Rams got there, I would probably prefer the Patriots to win the Super Bowl because I think I don't I don't know how I'd feel about the Rams winning it with what's happened. And, that, and that's unfortunate that I have that view, but that's the view I have, and people might call that ignorant. Fine. I, I, I just can't support a team that I feel... I'm not saying it's even undeserved. It's their fault. It's just, I, I just, it's always going to irk me for the rest of my life. I just think the Patriots are just something to really be admired, and we might never see this again. We won't. And yeah, I, we probably won't. And fine. But let's let's get to the real issue here. <coughs> the the game was decided with Tom Brady, Tom Brady alone. Patrick Mahomes sits on the sideline, can't even stand up and respond in overtime. Do you think that the overtime rules need to change? I think so. I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's unfair. We just, I just mentioned about Patrick Mahomes' talent. I think it is unfair to base it on a coin flip. I think the coin flip's fair to give the first chance random draw, first team random draw of giving it a go. But I think you've got someone of Patrick Mahomes' ability to drive up the field, sat on the sideline, and he is completely and utterly helpless in the outcome of his team's result. If you don't win the coin flip and you come up against Tom Brady, who will argue that this point is mute because I can cut you up, as Tom Brady would say, so you better win that coin flip or I'm going to the Super Bowl. It would be the same way. I'd like to see Mahomes win the coin flip, go up, get the seven points, three points regardless, and then Tom Brady to come out and then say, right, Tom, they've just scored a touchdown. Now show us the real Tom Brady. Can you do it under the pressure of needing to do it? I know you need to score a touchdown in overtime, but if you are the first team out and you don't, you don't necessarily lose. Whereas if you are the second team out and the first team have done it, you lose regardless. So I think it is an unfair way of doing it. Something needs to be looked at. I think just... You know the, the way the league is now with high-scoring teams, it's unfair on the team not to have a chance to do it. I, I completely agree, and I think you know what I'd like to see happen, and what I wrote in the article is that each team has a possession regardless, and if they match the result, whether that's no touchdown, touchdown with an extra point, touchdown with two-point conversion, field goal, whatever it is, if it's matched, then it's next score wins because then you've had the opportunity to try and win the game. So even if Tom Brady's gone down the field and scored a touchdown, if Pat Mahomes has led, say, Damian Williams down and Damian Williams gets over the goal line um, at six. They can still technically win the game 
because they could go for the two-point conversion and win the game. That you'd have some minerals. That would be a big clue. But that's what I mean. But then you've got that excitement. You've got the the statistical... The pressure is almost on the first team. If you score the touchdown, do you go for the extra point? Do you go for two? You know, you have this really exciting element of what you try and do there. Knowing that if you go go for two, you miss it. The other team goes down there, scores the touchdown. They kick it to win. I just... I think you add so many more dynamics. I think not giving Mahomes the chance to go down there, score the touchdown... And see what happens. And listen, if Brady scores a touchdown, Mahomes scores a touchdown, they both kick extra points, and then Brady takes them up the field and score uh, a field goal, I'm all right with that. Because for me, the defence have had an opportunity to shut down Brady, and they've had an opportunity to try and win the game. Yep. So, and they don't. And then people will say, well, that's no different to them going first. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it is very different because they... They've had an opportunity to try and go on and, and match or potentially beat that. Um, they have options to them. To you know, you're asking for them to make two defensive stops, uh, one out of two instead of one out of one. So the, the statistics go much better. It's a far greater task to score on consecutive drives than it is just to score on one. Couldn't agree more. I think that is as fair as it gets. Yeah, so I, I agree. So the coin toss is still relevant. It's still add something to it but for me it needs to change and hopefully we see that but it was an exciting weekend with a tinge of sadness for me but you and me both brother um, we now look for an error free Super Bowl and have a worthy winner come out of this yeah for me I don't I would like the Patriots to win now just because like we've said with the the way the Saints didn't squeak in and but actually, I don't really mind who wins. The Rams are a young team, young coach. Sean McVay has changed the way offense is played in the NFL. And for him to win a Super Bowl so early in his tenure as a head coach, fine by me. And then exactly the same on the other side of the coin. If Belichick and Brady go and do it again, is anyone going to be surprised? Hell no. And it would just add another ring to that already impressive collection. Yeah, for sure. So we've got some other news. <laughs> we have got news. It's just taken a little while to get to it. So the Cowboys OC. Scott Lenahan has been fired after they finished a terrible 22nd in total yards in scoring in 2018. Moore is being targeted for the OC and then John Kittner as the QB coach. And I remember John Kittner as a player. He had a wild career. So he was Bengals quarterback for a long time. Was he good? He was decent. Um, was He wasn't elite. He was, a really, he was quarterback before Carson Palmer. Right. Um... So he was a decent. Maybe it was after Palmer. I'm sure. It was no, it before. was before because definitely before because Palmer came in as number one. Uh, Kitten was a good player. Um, I think he ended his career in Dallas, which is why there's a connection to, to Dallas. Right. Um, I think his last three or four years were were there. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good player to compare him with. Oh, never. This sounds horrible. <clears throat> maybe Andy Dalton. Oh, Mr. Average. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, John, John Kittner was that. I mean, he had some exciting play in him, but he wasn't he wasn't elite. Um, but if you... Let me pose you a question. If you are aiming to be a professional in the NFL... I've missed that So someone, someone says to you, you can play in the NFL, but the best level you'll ever get to is Andy Dalton. I'm playing. You're taking it, right? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. And, and that's what I think. I think... You know, as much as we all like to win and be the best, and I'm a competitive person, if someone offers me just the chance to do what I love, uh, even if I don't win anything, yeah, I, I'm taking it. And I, John Kittner's, I think, the embodiment of that. He was a good player, not 
not outstanding, not ever going to be considered for Hall of Fame. And I don't even know how many playoff games he played in or won. I don't think it's many, but uh, but he's a good character, good guy. Um, he'll be a good coach. And what you want is someone that played 16 years under centre like Kittner did. Um, Experience. Dax, Dax is going to Dak is going to respond to that well. Um, so I think that's a good hire if if that does go through. Yeah, talking of Dak, him and Amari Cooper have been selected for the Pro Bowls. Is this a, a shambles? It. Listen, I like Dak. I, I sit on the side of I think <clears> Dak is elite. No, Dak is a good quarterback. Top half. Yeah, no, for sure. He's a top half quarterback. Um, I think Amari Cooper is fair. I think I don't think either are fair. It, no, it, I mean, what, what you've got to remember is Amari Cooper was a prisoner in in, in Oakland, and then when they released him. To, you know, Dallas released him. He became a good wide receiver, and the players that are dropping out of the Pro Bowl, whether you agree with it or not, because of air quotes injuries, then if Cooper's selected and he goes, good for him. I just, for me, I, I just think there's there's better quarterbacks under consideration that aren't going. Um, of, what because of think, non-selection or well, yeah, exactly. I don't think Stefan Dix is going. I, you know, I, I just think and Dak as well. I mean, we're at the point that Drew Brees has pulled out for whatever reason and. Uh, and Dak is, is the third choice. Is Dak Prescott the fifth best quarterback in the NFC? No. I, 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 listen, I've got nothing against them. I think they're good players. I just think it is a shambles when you've got people like like them who have had, statistically, they were the 22nd best offense. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Moving on. Like, I, the big thing is 27 players have pulled out of Super Bowl selection. And, and for me, that's why the Super Bowl is broken. Uh, Super Bowl? The Pro Bowl is broken. And it should be moved. And it should be moved to July at the start of the next season for the Hall of Fame game. When it's time for everybody to get healthy, to get fit. There's no Super Bowl in the way. So the Super Bowl players who get selected can go. And I, and I wouldn't be allowing this shambles. Oh, you're injured. Prove it. Drew Brees should not be pulling out of the, the Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. And I get he's disappointed and I understand that. But the fans take pay thousands of dollars every year to go to games we've got fans over here that travel and go and watch games yep. who go to the Pro Bowl people invest time in voting for the Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl is a shambles it's it's, it's awful the entertainment's good but the game is alright the game is, isn't great and that's fine but it's not about the quality of the game it's about seeing your favourite players and if you're going to pay X amount of dollars to fly to Florida to watch the game and pay the ticket which isn't going to be cheap to watch all these players are you going to have a great day when Drew Brees, Tom Brady, um, all these great players that you have voted for to get the Pro Bowl aren't there? Yeah, it's Tom a bit Brady like... has a great excuse. He's got the Super Bowl next week, so of course he's not going to play. It's but... a bit like going to see a second eleven, really. If people, all these top players pull out, isn't it? It were twenty-seven players, and again, it's not. Some of them are in the, the Super Bowl, so I understand that. But and Philip Lindsay's injured. I understand that. Let's get these guys who finished the season on IR if they've made the Pro Bowl. Give them an opportunity. You could put it in July. Now, of course, you're going to get injuries in the preseason. I understand that. But That's it's going to be less. Same. But make these people accountable. If they're injured, prove it. Provide an injury report. A doctor's report. I don't care. If people are going to invest the time and the money to go to the Pro Bowl, to invest in the Pro Bowl, to invest as fans, they should be given the opportunity to see as many of the players they voted for as possible. Let's Rams have something over. a little... More exciting uh, note. The Eagles have paid out Nick Foles' $1 million playing time bonus, even though he fell four snaps short of the total in his contract. 
what a nice move by the Eagles. This is such a stand-up thing to do. Yeah, I said at the time I thought it might happen, and, and yeah, it has had fair play to them. I think uh, it's it's a parting gift, isn't it? Yeah. And, and fair play. Um, you know, he got injured, and he, he missed it by, I don't know, it was such a handful of snaps, it wasn't many, so um, I'm pleased that they've done it. I think it is a classy move, and, and, and good for them. Yep, the Ravens are to agree terms on an extension with head coach Harbour. Uh, I think this is probably already done, just not out in the public eye. The Bengals are interested in Jack Del Rio for the DC vacancy. Don't know how I feel about this. He's a great coach. Um, I think that's a decent hire if they can get him. Um, I don't think... Do I think that makes the Bengals challenges? Not necessarily, but he is an experienced guy. I think he's proven to be a good head coach. To get that kind of experience in your room, I think, is only a good thing. Yeah, I mean... They had the worst defence in the league, 32nd overall in most factors, I think. So I know, The fact that you've worked in Tampa, that says, that says to me that you've got major issues. So, no, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about Tampa in three and a half seconds. Safety, Morgan Burnett has requested his release from the Steelers. Murph, fire the cannons, off you go, this one's for you. So yeah, just a quick shout out. So I had a, a request here to wish uh, Bucks fans, uh, Paul Govard, a, a happy birthday. I hope I've said that right. Uh, it was your birthday last week. Um, so some people got in touch and told me to uh, wish you a happy birthday. So let's grab some beers before the Bucks versus Panthers game in October. We'll segue nicely into that now. Happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday, mate. Uh, enjoy it. Hope it was good. And yeah, hopefully we can have, uh, have some beers. So the 2019 London games have been announced and I quite like the schedule. I love it. I don't think I can remember a schedule being as strong as this. Yeah, I think every, there is a team in every game that somebody wants to see. So, for instance, it could be Super Bowl champions Rams playing the Cincinnati Bengals. If they get their act together, that could be a ding-dong. The Bears are going to take on the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Bears are good, and the Raiders could be good if they make a decent hash of the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do. Um, I think it's going to be... A fascinating game. You don't really know what you're getting. I just, do you know what it is? It's just something about the silver and black coming to London. They travel well as fans. Quite a lot of support as well. I yeah, think. that's what I mean. I think, um, I think that's quite a fun environment. I, for me, environment-wise, I think that will be fun. The game. It's too many unknowns to say how good it will be, but it's nice that. I, I think any time you can get the Raiders over, I, I just think they're one of those historic franchises that just you've got to go out and see them. They were terrible this year, we know that, but won't be the same next year. No, absolutely not. Uh, and Khalil Mack gets to face his old team as well. Yeah, a little Khalil Mack uh, revenge game, so that'll be fun. <laughs> the Houston Texans are going to take on the London Jacksonville Jaguars. They're Good late. to see the Texans over at last. Them and the Bengals hadn't come over, so this leaves just one franchise after this year who has not made it over. Can you name who it is? Nope. Big franchise in the history of the NFL. Green Bay. Correct. Yes. Yeah, Charlie, that one's for you. <laughs> um, yeah, that should be a good game. Jags are widely well supported here and the Texans are a decent team. JJ Watt hopefully can absolutely tear the new Jacksonville quarterback to pieces. Well, I mean, it's a divisional game so as well, so there's always going to be something extra on, on the line of that, which I, I, I quite like that they've taken the risk this year with two divisional games. And then the last game that's slated for the International Series is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Los Angeles Chargers in uh, the Azteca Stadium in Mexico, which should be a good game. Right, Murph, let's move on to Murph on the Streets. Did we, did we forget the Panthers and the Buccaneers? No, no, that's been cancelled. Oh, it's been cancelled? It's been cancelled. This is, I get a text from, from Stocks <laughs> yesterday. He's like, oh, because we saw the announcement was coming out, and I, I thought it would just name um, it would just name the home team, so I didn't think it would name the whole fixtures, so that was a nice little uh, surprise. So, 
yeah, I thought that was good. Um, and then he texted me. Thought saying, that was oh, good. You went wild on every group chat we were in. Fair enough. You're a Bucks fan. Wait, you got to remember the first two times I've seen them here, they they lost. Um, which I wasn't used to seeing when I lived in Florida when they were a better team. So yeah, I think um, it's going to be exciting. There's already lots of talk of meetups and. I think for me, that's the one I'm going to go all out on. Uh, you skirted around the story you were starting, Matt, about me texting you. Oh, yeah, so sorry. So, Stocks texted me yesterday, um, and he's, <laughs> he's basically texted me and said, oh, I heard that um, the Buccaneers might not be coming to London. They, they might be going to Mexico. And I was like, oh, really? Where have you seen that? I've not seen anything. And I properly felt fit hook, yeah. line, and sinker. Got him good. Got yeah, him good. He really did. So, yeah, it's a good friendship we got here. Um, nah, kidding. Uh, it's good. And... Um, one of the questions we got from our listener, uh, Antonio, who we'll mention the league in a minute, um, we, he wanted, uh, to know our, we, <laughs> wanted to know our reaction to uh, the games. And we've kind of said it, I think, I think this is the best and the strongest lineup. There isn't a game there I wouldn't go to. Um, well, there isn't a game you're not going to. I think, well, uh, yeah. I mean, at I'd, the moment. I'd, I'd like to get all four, but circumstances always um, can dictate things. I've got season tickets, so. And just see what happens. I guess the only game there I, I would say I, I'm not massively keen on is is the Rams and the Bengals. That's not a slight on, on Bengals fans. I just think next year is a bit of a, uh, a like a building year, and the Rams are coming off the Super Bowl win or lose. So I, I I'm not as hot on that one. But we've always had games that have been very one sided like that. That's a typical London game for me. Um, but to see, I think the Texans and the Jags will be a lot closer than it was this year. Um, the Raiders, it's a wild card. They could be absolutely brilliant or they could be absolutely terrible. The Bears, we know, are going to be good. That Tampa-Carolina game, I think, is the most even. I think that's a game that we don't know if Cam Newton's going to play. Uh, we got B.A. coming in. You know, I th- That's the sort of game that could be really, really close, real nail-biter. I think it could be the one to watch from an entertainment point of view with a lot of lead changes and a lot of things going on. Yeah, for sure. I like the, I like the lineup because I actually own two of the team shirts. So I can, for the first time going, I can wear a shirt for a team that is playing. Which and I don't necessarily support, but I like I like the idea of it. Although, and, and those jerseys are? Well, I've got an AJ Green one for the Cincinnati Bengals, which I'm quite worried about wearing because it's their colour rush jersey. So it is pure white. Yeah, so I like the idea of wearing it, but then actually a day on the beer and sauce from a hot dog, and I could ruin my AJ Green colour rush jersey. But I would, if I keep it intact over the day, I might stay and see if he'll sign it for me, because that would be a touch. And then I've got a JJ Watt jersey, because he's the greatest DL out there at the moment. Defensive end, sorry, but you know. Right, Murph, you said the streets was dead. It's not quite, still a little bit of the regular season to go. Hit me with some streets, brother. So, yeah, just a few to end with. Uh... There has never been a season where both conference championship games went to overtime in the Super Bowl era. Tick. Uh, Greg, the leg makes sense. Greg Zerline's 57-yard field goal was the longest game-winning field goal in playoff history. Drew Brees has an if-you're-open policy, which means he's thrown a TD pass to 14 different players this season, including the playoffs. The most in NFL history, Brees receivers by draft round which I find this fascinating so three of those 14 players were drafted in the first round one of those was drafted in the second round two of those were drafted in the third round eight of them went undrafted (laughs) so it says undrafted players are people too just because they don't get drafted look at Philip Lindsay they are important Um, this is just a fun one to end on so Super Bowl Sunday uh, it'll be 17 years 
to the day since the teams met in Super Bowl 36, where the Patriots defeated the Rams 20 points to 17. I think there's going to be more points in this one. Uh, Tom Brady and Jared Goff represent the largest age gap between opposing starting QBs in Super Bowl history, with the age gap being 17 years and 72 days on game day. 17 years! Tom Brady could be Jared Goff's dad. Really could. That's incredible. So that's quite a quite quite a gap. Start so. that hashtag. Tom Brady is Jared Goff's dad. <laughs> Rush Nation. If we ever needed you, we need you now. Just like Mark Sanchez came back because of us. Oh, that them. reminds me. I didn't put this on. Uh, how are we doing for time? Yeah, we're, we're good. Okay. I've got some admin I need to do at the end, but so I've had some some really cool um, suggestions for players. Um, I, I've been asking for players that we can try and uh, get back into the game. Try and get back into the game. Um, so, uh, Tim from the Full Ten Yards Rush podcast is, was actively sending me like about a hundred names. Um, Tim, we only needed one. So yeah, we I, I, I've I've thrown a lot out of this, but there were some cool names. So Mike Gillisley, uh, Jamal Charles, too old. They're not that old. He's a running back. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't mind Gilly. I think no, I think Jamal Charles. I don't think he's that young. Oh, that old? I think he's what twenty. Yeah, but he's. It doesn't matter in his age, he's battle-worn, that's the trouble. He's had more ACLs than me, and that's saying something. Um, Gary Barnage? Yeah, I think he's done as well. well. I mean, he's a free agent, but I think, you know, tight end, he could probably still get some, some going. Um, there were some names he threw out here, was Brent Hutley, who has a team, uh, Jason Campbell, who's retired, Christian Hackenberg, which I said I didn't really want to take that one on. <laughs> um, There's a line. Yeah, I... <laughs> So, yeah, there were a couple of names out there, but I am looking for a few more. Um, so please help me out. Send me some names. What, so the criteria I'm looking for is I'm looking for teams that or players that are not active on any roster currently. Um, I don't want free agents from this year. That's boring. I want a team. That, I want a player that's basically been out of the league for the best part of a year, maybe longer, um, who... Has you a know, real shot. Has, not necessarily even just a real, sh- just a name that is sort of forgotten that would be really cool to resurrect. Okay. Um, so here, here's an example. If Rex Grossman hadn't retired, Rex Grossman would have been a cool name um, because of just the fact he'd been out of the league for like three years. Mark Sanchez was cool because he hadn't been with a team for a couple of years and yet still had a ban. Like stuff like that is, it's not cool we had a ban. But, it, <laughs> but it, it's that's what I mean. That's kind of why I, I, I like the charge. So I, I don't want rubbish players who don't deserve to be in the NFL, and I don't want players in the CFL like Johnny Manziel. That's boring. He's got a job. I don't want players with jobs. I want players that are completely free. That if I was a GM, I could go and sign tomorrow. So please, 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 please send me some more. It's just a super fun topic, um, and I will. I am probably leaning with Jamal Charles right now. I'd like to get someone a bit better, but let's see. I will fight you on that when it comes to actually picking a player. <clears throat> Come up with some suggestions and you can fight me. Yeah, we're on. You know where we are. We're on Twitter at Five Yard Rush, and then everywhere except SoundCloud. So come find us, listen to us, and leave us a review because those badges are still available. And also, just a little insight here, Rush Nation. We may or may not be getting new era caps made that you may or may not be able to buy or win. So I'm leaning towards May. If I if I can rob a bank, but we'll see. We will see. So, a few things to mention at the end of the podcast. I should have done it at the beginning, really, but we just know that if you're at the end of the podcast, you are a true fan. Yeah. So first off, next week. Oh my god, 
that's a terrible saying. I shouldn't say that, but I'm pretty excited. Next week, Super Bowl week, here at Five Yard Rush, we are coming at you five days next week. Woo. Monday through Friday, we've got three guests, two episodes, standard Tuesday. Thursday's show is going to be the fantasy year in review we've been promising it for a while and it's actually coming <laughs> next thursday it's finally gonna get done and then monday wednesday friday there's guests we are filling you up basically all week and can't wait for super bowl sunday would you agree with that yeah i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be uh, a good game regardless i'm not looking forward to the build-up with the whole is this um belichick's and brady's last game and is uh, McVeigh going to take over the throne look we're done with the narratives I don't need to be sold on how good the game is just deliver the game give us insights give us stats give us something about the current situation of the teams I don't want to hear about the meteoric rise or the inevitable uh, decline you know I want to talk about keep it to this season and this season only I don't care that the, the teams met in Super Bowl 36 and it's 17 years on they're not the same teams there's three people around that were around in that game it's not relevant <laughs> even if it's oh it's poetry it'd be really nice if the careers ended here no let's talk about the game the players in it and why they got there yep secondly you know, after the Super Bowl madness week next week this week shout out to Renee and Simon from the very British guide to the NFL they're over here at the moment with uh, Renee's daughter and we're going to go meet them tomorrow in London Bridge, which should be pretty good. Yeah. So shout out to you. If you happen to be in London Bridge at around half past five tomorrow, send us a tweet and we may still be there. You never know. I mean, I'll be gone not long after that, but yeah. Well, I'll be there. And also, I'm taking the little man, H-Bear. He's coming up to London for the first time. Not sure how I feel about this. Travelling on public transport is difficult enough, let alone with the buggy. But myself, my wife and Hunter are travelling up to meet Murph tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. And then finally, I want to shout out to my family. We had a bit of tough time this weekend. My nan sadly passed away on Sunday, but everybody's been there for me. Everybody's been there for my family. Murph was there, especially on Sunday. We were just about to record an interview and I had to bounce. So that is going to be recorded this weekend and it will be live next week. But I just want to shout out my granddad specifically. He's done really well with the passing of my nan. So he's not listening to this, but granddad, well done, sir. Appreciate it and, you know, we all look up to you and are there for you. So, yeah, that was it, really. Just wanted to say thanks to you as well, mate, for being there for me when I had a little bit oh, of a mate. tough time. It was, it was sad to hear that. Um, to You know, we were just getting ready to sit down with, with a guest and, um, you know, it, it's not nice when that happens. You know, unfortunately, it's something we go through, but yeah, just, I, uh, I, you, I, you handle it well. And I think it's because she's fought so many ailments for so long everybody sort of expected it coming off of hip surgery because she unfortunately had a fall needed the surgery to stop being in pain and then you know she's finally at peace and is resting now so she hasn't got to fight all the ailments and the pain and anything like that anymore so in a way it's a good thing that she's no longer suffering ah that's not the last thing i forgot something thursday we got a guest on thursday we're doing two this week just because five's too many but two's enough (laughs) (laughs) but it's not super week yeah, and I get to talk ACLs, so everybody knows I like to talk about ACLs. I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it was wicked. Recording it was so good, and the, he's buzzing to come back on as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of his work. Um, I say this in the pod. I, I definitely think I got a distinct advantage from the um, input he put in. He seems to be very modest and thinks it wasn't as much, but I'm telling you now, one of my lead titles is dedicated to this man because he gave me a really key piece of advice that allowed me to pivot. And um, big fan, just overall, just really nice guy. 
and he will be definitely coming back and we're working out something for him to do some reports in the season as well but uh, you know we'll leave it to Thursday I'm not going to drop the name but uh, when when we do give the guy a follow interact with him he's an absolute legend yeah top lad top lad indeed and I just loved it it's such a, a sad topic to talk about injuries but it's brilliant yeah I would like to apologise if there's any loud fan noise today on the podcast. It's because the studio is absolutely freezing and we had to leave the heaters on. It's officially snowing outside as we talk to you right now. Murph's checking the train times as we speak, just in case I need to drive him home. (laughs) But, yeah, we'd like to apologise if it's poor audio. I'm not sure it will be, but just want to make sure you know why. And then until Thursday, keep safe. Don't forget, Rush Nation, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.